We're so glad you've joined us. Right now, it's Barry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. I don't know if you know this, but Gen Z, those who are between the ages of 6 and 24, Gen Z is the first post-Christian generation in America. That doesn't mean that they are anti-Jesus. It just means that if we're really not intentional about reaching them with the love of Jesus, they're not just going to naturally gravitate into the faith. And so we have to be very intentional. And there's this ministry called Passages that is being very intentional of, of bringing Gen Z into the faith and discipling them. And Scott Phillips is the executive director of Passages. This is a really a brilliant way of discipling Gen Z. Tell us about, you know, just give us a flyover of Passages, what Passages is all about. Absolutely. Passages was started back in 2016, really with the goals of both strengthening Christian faith in college. The statistics these days are students, you know, they'll leave home, they'll leave mom and dad, maybe they'll leave their faith structure, their church, and they'll go to college and it's easy for them to put their faith on the shelf when they go to college. So we want to provide that disruption by taking them to the Holy Land, by taking them to Israel, the place where their faith began really where their faith identity, their Christian identity was born. So that's that's definitely one aspect of what we do. We also take students to Israel to connect them with modern Israel, to see the, you know, the, the nation that it is today, and to meet the people who live there today, and to build bridges of friendship with the people who live there today. And that's, that's something that we've seen time and time again, is this connection. Also, you know, an understanding that the world is a bigger place. So really, those are the, the big two goals of Passages, is to strengthen Christian faith and to connect the students to the people who live in Israel today. And uh, we've taken over 8,000 students to Israel on trips. Many of those trips are scholarshiped by very you know, generous donors. And then there's a whole post-trip alumni engagement program that they're able to go through as well. We keep them in, involved in what we call the Passages Leaders Network. So it's been an exciting last five years, and uh, we see nothing but amazing things ahead. So is this just for college students? It is for now. Um, it, it's, it's for college students. We're piloting the idea next year of taking high, some high school students, like upperclassmen. We think that if they can have this you know, faith experience, really tangible experience in the Holy Land, in Israel, by the time they go to college, it could really be a strengthener for their faith. And so the goal is to really, really, it's discipleship. It's absolutely getting students' hearts captured by Christ so that the faith goes deep, so that they, you know, follow Jesus and impact him in every sphere of culture. Yes, is absolutely a discipleship tool. We work with Christian colleges and universities directly with their administrations. We also work with campus ministries on state schools, non-Christian campuses, and really come alongside them and offer this discipleship tool to these organizations that are doing the great work day in and day out of discipleship. See what I mean? This is just a brilliant way to disciple Gen Z, which is the first post-Christian generation in America. But we need not throw up our arms in despair because the Lord is moving and and there's a God-shaped vacuum in every person in the world. It doesn't matter what culture, what age group, everyone is spiritually hungry and only Jesus Christ can fill that. And so this is just an amazing thing, going to Israel 80% of the trip is paid for for the students who go, 
And then after the student comes back from Israel, there's a leadership training program. And there are also job opportunities, you know, like a listing of different jobs. It's really raising up Christian leaders in this next generation. So if you'd like to learn more, we're going to talk about it throughout the morning. Just go to passagesisrael.org, passagesisrael.org. Tell me one story of transformation for a student. Yes, for sure. Well, we had one student who came on the trip and who identified as a Christian, but really hadn't had, you know, that encounter, I think, with their faith and with Christ to have that experience, you know, of really believing. And they came on the trip and actually went in one of the churches near the pools of Bethesda in Jerusalem in the old city. And there was worship. The acoustics are amazing in that room. Yeah. You know, all of the students were singing a worship song. And this student had this dramatic encounter, sort of slipped off to the side and made a decision to follow Christ. Another story is, you know, someone who came on the trip who was a solid believer and actually was exposed to what was happening in modern Israel today, was exposed to the resilience that the people there have. We visit a border with the Gaza community, with the Gaza Strip, a community there on the border. And, you know, that gets hit by rockets quite a bit. And that was one of the experiences that caused this, this young lady, you know, just seeing the resilience of the people who live there today, they're willing to fight for their existence, for their communities. And, you know, she went home in addition to really understanding the Bible more and digging into God's word more, really was inspired by the people who live there today. And actually, you know, was inspired to, to serve her community. So she actually ran for a state representative seat and won it. Yeah, just seeing the resiliency of the people there who face a lot of hardship and just, it sounds like that was pushed into her heart and propelled her into leadership as a Jesus follower here in America. Yes, we see both of these types of stories. I chose these for a reason because you have one where students will come in Either their faith is is just not there or, you know, maybe it's they're discouraged or whatever it is. And, and then, you know, they're encouraged afterwards and then beyond because we have continuous leadership opportunities that they can take part in. Or, you know, there's someone who's strong in their faith and they come and they're propelled into their calling. And Israel is a funny place. I don't know if you have been before, Perry, but it is it's a place where, you know, amazing things can happen. Tell me about one experience you've had in Israel that just was a defining point for you. Well, it was on my very first trip to Israel back in 2005. And the first night we got there, we went went from the airport all the way up to the Sea of Galilee, and it was dark. And there was this amazing dock just right off of the shore, close to where we were staying. And back then, you know, we had uh, Discman, you know, the CDs and the Discman and, you know, the the skipping all the time. (laughs) And was just looking up at the stars, clear, you know, skies, you know, countless stars, the mountains surrounding the Sea of Galilee, listening to worship and just having a dramatic encounter that I can feel it today. And that's been 16 years ago, Mm. you know, really dramatic. And every time I go to pray or read the word, you know, that same kind of feeling, that same kind of feeling of God's presence and awareness of his reality comes to me. Sounds like a beautiful experience and 
at Moody, we're taking a trip to Israel as well. If you'd like to take a life transformational trip to Israel, you can go with Dr. Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute, and Dr. Michael Rydelnik of the Bible Q&A show Open Line. He's also a Jewish professor at Moody Bible Institute. And if you're interested in that, just go to moodyconferences.com and click on Israel Tour, moodyconferences.com, and click on Israel. Scott Phillips is the executive director of Passages. It's an amazing ministry that disciples college students by taking them to Israel. And, you know, it's really discipling this emerging generation in the gospel of Jesus. You can find out more at passagesisrael.org, passagesisrael.org. How did Jesus become real to you? Yes, I was I was raised, you know, to believe. I was raised in church. My mom raised me in church, but also taught me the ways of the Lord and really taught me how to how to encounter his presence, right? How to encounter who he is and have both a head knowledge and a heart knowledge. And so I came to faith at seven or eight years old. And then, of course, as a teenager, you sort of do your little things and you know it is what it is, but came, you know, really back to the Lord and went to Bible college at Christ for the Nations in Dallas and really strengthened my faith there. Then, you know, began working at my local church as a, as a staff pastor, moved to Israel for a few years, got to actually live in Israel and experience that there. So it's been an incredible journey. Yeah. So a couple of things in there. One is your mom helped you learn how to encounter God's presence, how to experience God's presence. That's really a, a really unique way of putting that. What did she teach you? Yeah, it, it's really just putting me in places, whether it be worship and, and to watch her, you know, and and understand that that faith and Christianity and being a Christian is about having a relationship with God mm. and about, you know, allowing the Holy Spirit to live daily, minute by minute in you and just experiencing his presence that way. Yeah. She essentially said, hey, watch me. Watch watch how I interact with Jesus who's alive. Yeah. Yeah. She still does that to this day. So you sort of did the teenage thing and then really made the faith your own. What did that moment look like or that season look like where you just said, this is my faith? Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, right in college, you're away from parents. You're away from, you know, what's familiar but it was it was this struggle of faith. And obviously I'd had these, as I said, encounters with who God was and irrefutable, but still, you know, the human mind does funny things. And so you you can doubt, you can doubt faith, you can doubt the Bible. So my journey was, is Jesus who he said he was? Yeah. Is is he really the Messiah? Like I never doubted belief in God, right? But is Jesus the one? is, is this true? You know, and it wasn't from a place of like, well, I doubt it. You know, it was more of a place of like, I'm struggling with this. And so I dug into the old Testament, into the Hebrew scriptures. I dug into those scriptures that foreshadow who the Messiah, who Christ would be, who the promised one would be. And I just dug and dug and dug. And also remembered those encounters with God and his spirit growing up. And between the two that I came out the other side, I think that's a great way to express it. 
I can relate to that. You know, there's been the experiential side for me, experiencing the presence of Christ breaking into my life. And then there's the, I guess we'll say the intellectual side. You know, our faith is is rooted in history and in evidence. And as the Apostle Paul said, if Christ was not raised from the dead, our faith is futile. So everything in our faith rests on the resurrection of Jesus. If Jesus really did rise, then everything he said is true. If he didn't rise, then we shouldn't consider any of what he said true. I mean, inspirational, but not true in an ultimate sense. So what helps me on the intellectual side is the resurrection, just the historical evidence for the resurrection that, you know, 99% of New Testament scholars, and these are our scholars who are not, some of them aren't even Christian. Some of them are atheists. 99% of scholars agree on at least four facts surrounding the resurrection. One, that Jesus really did die. He didn't just swoon. He didn't just, you know, pass out and then came out of the tomb because he wasn't really dead. He really did die. And the second one is that his tomb was found to be empty. That is a accepted fact among New Testament scholars, historians. And then people claim to have seen the risen Jesus. Uh, Paul says that 500 people saw him at the same time. And so that is an accepted fact surrounding the resurrection. And then the final one is that those who said they encountered the risen Jesus were transformed by that reality. And they went on to live their lives for him. Many of them died brutal deaths for the sake of the gospel. And so when I look at that side of it, the intellectual side that gives me good foundation for the intellectual side of my faith, and then, of course, you know, just experiencing God's presence is, is so vital as well. Well, if you end up going to Israel, there's a place in Jerusalem where you can stand and you can actually see different places in the biblical story that happened, you know, hundreds, even thousands of years apart, but just all connect together because the Bible is one beautiful story of God's great rescue plan. One of my favorite places in Israel is the southern steps of the Temple Mount in the old city of Jerusalem. And if anybody is listening has been there, it's it's an amazing place. At first, it looks like rocks, but there are steps uh, and they're very old. Uh, but just down the hill from the Temple Mount, from those steps, is the city of David. And you have the very first city, so to speak, that the Israelites had. You know, obviously, King David made Jerusalem the capital. And you have David's story that took place just right down the hill backtrack even further, you look up the hill and you have Mount Moriah, you have, you have the Temple Mount where the temple stood and now it's the Dome of the Rock and it's the Temple Mount. But before all that was there, it was Abraham obeying God, almost sacrificed his own son, Isaac. And you have that heritage of faith just right up the hill. And then you fast forward past David and you go to the prophets that prophesied in that general vicinity right there. And then you fast forward further and you have Jesus and his disciples doing what he did on the Temple Mount and on those steps. So it's really a place where the, the Bible unfolds right before your eyes and you feel that biblical heritage, you know, just, just sort of overtake you.
Gen Z is the first post-Christian generation in America. And so you guys play a strategic role with reaching Gen Z. But I'm just wondering your perspective on this first post-Christian generation in America. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Well, first of all, they're amazing. And I'm on the sort of the back end of the millennials, but we're always trying to learn more about these amazing young people and, and how they think and who they are. And, you know, I don't know, on one hand, I don't know that they're different than necessarily other younger generations that have come before necessarily. I think younger generations are younger generations, but at the same time, there is something unique about them. And I think one of the things is authenticity, you know, being honest with them for them to be able to experience things themselves rather than just take someone's word for it. I think that's important to them. And so I think that we are, you know, at passages we're you know, ready for that. And that's what we do. It's experiential learning. And, and we tell them, you know, up front, here's who we are. Here's what we believe. You know, we want to strengthen your faith. We also want you, you know, ultimately our desire is that you be a friend to Israel and friend to the people who live there. And so, you know, when we say post-Christian, the first post-Christian generation, what are we actually saying? You know, I, you can look at it negatively and you can look at it positively, right? Like I think I think it could be a, uh, you know, an opportunity for revival and a place where a young generation is, you know, something fresh that God is doing in the earth. So number one, the Bible is the foundation. Scripture is the foundation and these sort of orthodox beliefs that are foundational. But what's the expression of it? How is this next generation going to express their faith? What are they going to do in the earth? What are they going to do for the kingdom? So I think that's one positive way to look at it. The negative sense is picking and choosing, you know, what the Bible says, is the Bible truly, you know, the inspired word of God. And, um, and so I, I think that there's obviously downsides to that, but, you know, I, I think that the Lord is faithful. And, and as long as we're also obedient to do things that make sure that young people, the next generation are connected to, to the foundations of their faith. I think that the Lord is faithful and he's going to make sure he has a church that's strong. Yeah. And just to realize that no matter what kind of generation we're talking about, no matter what kind of culture or person or ethnicity or people group we're talking about, everyone has spiritual hunger. Everyone is hungry spiritually. Now, they may be trying to fill it in some other way, but only the living water of Jesus can fill it. And so Gen Zers are hungry, and we can't shrink back, and we do need yeah. to lean in more because they're not just going to naturally gravitate into campus That's ministries right. or gravitate into churches, but they do That's have right. a hunger. And if we give them Christ and the purpose that he has for us of being a blessing to our world, that's going to fill their hunger. It's the only thing that can. Absolutely. We have to lean in and we have to do what God's calling us to do to reach them for sure. Hey, how do we turn the hearts of Gen Z? Yeah, I think the basic foundation is Jesus and his spirit and encountering him and and having a strong foundation in the Bible and, and in scripture and understanding fully from beginning to end how this thing unfolded and being authentic with them and providing, you know, opportunities for them to experience God tangibly, you know, in a sense. So I think that's how we do it. I mean, I don't know that it's super different than in, in a foundational sense from other generations, but that ultimately the Holy Spirit, we just have to set up places, set up atmospheres where he's going to be able to do that. So one of the experiences, one of the ways of experiencing God is is taking students to Israel. 
I know this for me personally, you know, I have just so much experienced God through worshiping through music and just worshiping God with, with other believers, you know, that's where heaven and earth meets. Yes. You know, that's really been an impact in my life. Hmm. I would agree with that. Going to Israel as a believer, as you know, as Christians, we we know that the Holy Spirit is with us wherever we go, and that in the New Testament, God is everywhere, and there's no one place where we have to go for His presence, you know, because because we do have the indwelling Spirit. And so, but at the same time, you know, when we go to the places and our eyes can tangibly see and, and we can tangibly feel the stones, or you know, read the Bible and look up and see it in front of our faces, you know, there's something very special about that, and something that we do. You, you mentioned worship. Something that we do for all of our trips is we have a night of worship where we bring all the students who are on the ground at once. Sometimes it's five, 600 students at one time. And we're in, you know, central Jerusalem and you know, usually it's a student led worship team and they worship the Lord in Jerusalem, you know, in the city of the great King and, hmm. and amazing things happen, you know, when, when they're together. Yeah. If you have a college student that you'd like to see, have this experience of going to Israel just check out passagesisrael.org. Maybe you're a college student and and you just want to go deeper in your faith. These trips are 80% funded by people who are, you know, just believe in the ministry of passages. So it's it's really, you know, it's really affordable to go and it'll change a Gen Zer's life. So just check it out at passagesisrael.org, passagesisrael.org. Thanks for listening to Barry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.